Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good to hear. Oh, you got your paycheck. For $7. Get this out of here. <laughs> Jesus. All right, that's an inauspicious start to the show. Um, okay, for, for those of you who have been following me at all on Twitter the last couple of days... You know, I didn't, I actually didn't want to do this as a topic tonight. I, I, it really, a couple of days ago, I mean, t- God, tennis of all things. I've actually done shows now. After tonight's over, I will have done shows on tennis and golf about a week apart. Amazing. Um, a young tennis player, 23 or actually she's not so young anymore. She's been around quite a while. That's how, that's the nature of tennis, but she's 23 years old. Naomi Osaka, uh, at the French open declared that she was not going to meet the press after her, uh, after her tennis matches, citing mental health reasons. And when I read that, I just like uh, I, I could just like see the storm brewing, right? But I didn't want to comment on it and bring up a topic that I didn't feel like anybody cared about. It's tennis. How often do we talk about tennis? Is that that big of a deal? No. But anytime an anytime an athlete or anybody for that matter. It's not, it's not, I mean, we talk about athletes and so it seems like we hone in on them, but really it's everybody. Anybody who attempts to look at all the responsibilities that they have and arbitrarily eliminate ones that they don't want to tend to or make them uncomfortable. I mean, I guess I could give an example. When I was a producer, I hated guest booking. Hated it. Would have done anything to not do it. If I just said, okay, well, I'm not doing that anymore. I mean, (laughs) when you do something like that, when you just take a responsibility that you have, fair, unfair, otherwise, forget about, but Tom, but Tom, what what does it matter if she meets him? Forget about that. That's not the argument. And we'll get to that in a second, okay? Going into what, Friday, I guess it was, or earlier, that was her part of her responsibility, as it is for head coaches in the NFL, meeting the media, etc. When you refuse to do that, it causes a major problem. Okay, because it's expected of you. 
And now what happens a couple days later? She ends up having to withdraw from the French Open completely because now she has realized that she's caused a huge distraction. Anybody with any sense could have seen that coming the second she said she wasn't going to do media. Now, she's a young person, 23. I don't expect her to know the consequences of every possible action that she might take, right? If she, if she has any kind of advisory uh, or person's in like an advisory role traveling with her, publicist, manager, coach, etc., advising her that this is okay, then shame on them because they ought to know better. Okay, so now she's withdrawn from the French Open. I I commented on it what yesterday, I guess. Got you know, of course, predictably, I get blown apart by everybody because, uh, you know, oh Tom, you're not empathetic to people with mental health problems and depression and this and that. It's none of your business. And this is her way, and she has to avoid stress. <laughs> Okay, I mean, again, this is one of those issues. It's like, God, where do I even start? I mean, I suppose I could just start with reading Twitter, but I, you can do that on your own time if, if you're that interested. First, let's let's talk about meeting the press, okay? Because you know, Cam Newton didn't want to do it after the Super Bowl; he lost, even though. At that point, 49 other losing quarterbacks did it. No problem. Head coaches, no problem. But when he didn't want to do it, then then everybody jumps. Not everybody, but then a certain crowd jumps to, to his defense and says, Oh, but what's the big deal if he doesn't want to do that? Can you, can you blame him for the way he felt? I don't blame him for being upset, but I mean, does that mean that any time that something is uncomfortable or unpleasant, we need to run from it? I mean, I have some questions about how ravenous and unpleasant the, the tennis media is where she would cite that as a situation that has a causal relationship with her depression. If that's even what she has, all I've heard from her is mental health. OK, I've got everybody else throwing depression at me. I, I haven't I haven't done I haven't done enough research to know that she's clinically depressed. And to be honest, I'm not all that interested in her personally. What I am interested in is anybody out there who happens to watch this who is dealing with mental health issues or depression. Okay. Let's say, okay. I guess I should say this first, too. Um. Oh, let me shut this door here. Okay, I'm somebody who has, well, up until maybe a few years ago, I, I dealt with depression on and, well, how did it go? Starting in about late high school, college, I'd say for about eight, eight years or so, I was in and out of therapist office quite a bit. And I kind of snapped out of it. Right. And then I'd go back into it, come back out. And for the last last few years, I've been 
pretty much a okay. So I, I want, I'm speaking as somebody who has experience with this stuff, okay? I'm not just like some observer pointing fingers. Because to me, this is not about blame. But I want to ask you a question, okay? If you're somebody who feels that your, your mental health is in trouble and you see, you know, chaos around you and you feel like, oh my God, I'm in the middle of a tornado and I, I don't want to get out of bed and face anything. This is terrible. If somebody comes up to you, whether it's a therapist, a friend, family member, etc., and says, you're doing fine. You do you. I'll be empathetic to you. Keep doing what you're doing. Those things that are stressing you out, avoid them. Eliminate your triggers. If you have anybody in your life, and you probably do, because these are all normal sort of, or normalized cultural responses. If you have anybody saying those things to you, run like hell away. Run. Why did I just say that? Why? Well, let's think about it. What are some reasons one could be depressed? Well, maybe you, as Jerkstore1000 uh, says, he's a recovering alcoholic. Okay, so what could make you depressed? You might drink too much, right? That could be one, drink or do drugs, overuse of drugs. Um, you may be having financial problems, Marital problems, relationships with your with your friends, family, all kinds of things, right? Got creditors calling you, <laughs> those kinds of things, right? I laugh because, you know, I've been there. Okay, I've been there. It's very easy to get bogged down in these kinds of things, very And to not deal with them, right? To keep on drinking, to keep on staying in bed all the time, to keep on letting the creditors call you, to keep on not paying your bills, to keep on not tending to your responsibilities, not calling your parents or your brother or whoever, or your son, your daughter, what. Cutting yourself off, isolating all of those things that can cause depression. If somebody tells you, you do you, and that you should keep on doing like you're doing, and they think that they're okay in doing that because they're showing you empathy, run. Because they are sentencing you to a lifetime of despair. A 23-year-old tennis player who may or may not be dealing with depression, mental health issues. Okay, the last thing she needs is to be told that whatever she's doing right now should continue 
And on top of that, that she can control every single outcome of her life. Meaning, oh, well, this this stresses me out. Press conferences stress me out. So does this, this, and this, and this. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get rid of it. That's not how life works. It doesn't. How about, how about flipping the script and saying, instead of avoiding anything that I find stressful, how about dealing with it? How about dealing with it so that you can still function in the world as a normal person? Let alone get like hooked on pills. Okay, don't get me wrong. I don't have anything against medications. I think that they're a great stabilizer for somebody who's like in real trouble. But they are not the long-term cure. They're not. I mean, one after the other, these responses I get... Yeah, you. It's so. It's strange. Like, I. I. What did I? I'll just give you a couple of examples here. Hmm. Hesitated to comment on this the other day. It's tennis. Not a huge deal. 23-year-old Osaka refuses media, cites mental health stress. Uh, Now withdraws because it's a distraction. Lesson to young. Try to control everything. Make the situation worse. I mean, if you disagree and you think you can go out and control everything, go ahead. See what kind of results you get. See what kind of results you get. And for those of you who are, who are just like way into this, this magical concept of empathy, which is supposed to be this cure-all for everything, even as misapplied as it may be, tell me, show me the depressed person who benefited and who came out of their depression as a result of you encouraging them to just keep on doing the same thing. Show them to me. Allison Woods, I think you got this wrong. Oh, Jesus. Okay, LMAO, we're about to see Wassel on Fox News with this kind of crap. (laughs) Slap your goddamn self. Okay. This is an awful position for so many reasons, but mainly because you're entirely disregarding her bout with depression. But I suppose you're assuming she's feigning depression. Another idiot. Ha, WTF man, not a good look. Calling out mental health stress. Then the tennis media shit. Bro, you have no idea. And I'm sure she deals with a lot more than tennis media. She has pressures on her that you can never imagine. Wow. Well, then, I mean, if that's the case, if she's got pressures that I could never imagine, then surely she'd switch places with me, right? Right? I mean, if being a tennis player is such a dark and awful existence that none of us could possibly imagine, then, I mean, the natural thing to do would be to get out, right? No, no, no. 
Not going to do that. Why? Because, oh, I don't know, there's a lot of benefits to it. There's the fame, the adulation, the money, the constant validation. Love all those things, I bet. Which is fine. You should. But guess what you don't, you don't get to do? You don't get to eliminate anything that you find unpleasant. And let me, and, and this isn't a me to you thing, okay? If, whether I'm talking to Naomi Osaka or to somebody else who's, we'll say, famous and depressed. If you choose to take any trigger or any unpleasantness or anything that you may find stressful and you just try to avoid it and eliminate it, you're basically saying, I have no defenses against the unpleasantness of the world. So when you go out there and shit goes down, you're not going to be able to deal with it. Why? Because you've never been trained to. Because you have idiots around you telling you that you shouldn't. You don't know what she's going through. She has pressures you could never imagine. I'm 42 fucking years old. Okay. She hasn't she hasn't gone through anything yet. Tom Wassel and horrible old man takes name a more iconic duo. At least that was creative. Seriously lacking the ability to display empathy. Again, this word empathy gets thrown around and misapplied so, so much. You know what empathy means? Empathy means you sit there and you listen to somebody and you, you try to assume or take on their emotions. Okay, that, that, that's, that's what that means. Like you, you be, You're empathetic in that way. Like you try to, you're, you're feeling what they're feeling. But of course, then you get Serena Williams jumping in today saying, oh, I could never know how she feels. So I guess that rules out empathy. People don't even know what the word means and they're just throwing it out left and right. Empathy, 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 empathy. Never mind the fact that empathy is not the answer to depression and somebody else's suffering. It's not. Change of habit, change of behavior, new outlook, change thinking. That will help. But no, as long as... Okay, who was it that said here... Um, Oh, the not a good look thing. Uh, it, I love this criticism in, in, in sports media, especially when people say, oh, oh, well, this isn't a good look for so and so. This is a really bad look for the media. Oh, Tom, that's a, that's a bad look to be doing that. It's such a it's, it's an overused. You know what it is? It's, it's a. Um, it's a criticism of somebody being honest, but what but the people saying it. When somebody says that's not a good look, what that tells you is they themselves are preoccupied with how they would look if they said the same thing. 
Here, I mean, let, let's take this example with Osaka, right? Okay, you have you have this. Let's say she's the suffering person, right? She's suffering, and then you've got people like me who are jumping in and saying, uh, "What you're doing right now is probably not going to help your depression." Then you've got these other. Okay, now I'm, I've got the bad look. Then there's these other people who are so concerned with how they would look. If they were honest about the situation, then what what are they left to do? What do they resort to? They keep on just saying, oh, it's none of my business. You just keep on doing what you're doing. You're fine. They would rather themselves look good than actually be honest, maybe make you uncomfortable such that you're motivated to go forward and help yourself. Not a good look. You, I mean, how, how selfish can you be? Not a good look. That's really not a good look, Tom. Well, I thought we were trying to help somebody else. I didn't realize that how I looked was of paramount importance. Hmm... I'm sitting here debating whether or not I should um, reveal anything more personal that I already have. Oh, I mean, here's what I'll say. Some people are just, they have dis- a disposition where they're prone to just the melancholy, I suppose. Excuse me. I think I probably qualify as as that. And I've been that way as long as I can remember, like going back to, say, age five, six, seven, whatever. Um, in like late high school, early college, though, I, I, I noticed that it. It started to get in the way. And I would. I would kind of I would kind of run and hide from things like if I uh, if the idea of, you know, doing a school project or homework felt overwhelming to me, I would just <laughs> I would just run from it, and pretend like it pretend like it didn't exist, you know, and go do something else. And. But not just that, I mean, as my responsibilities grew through life, you know, if I wasn't in a position to deal with it because I, you know, I didn't take the necessary steps to deal with something, right? And then all of a sudden, we all know, we all know how this drill goes. Like, you know, there's something out there that we know we have to deal with and we don't and we don't and we don't. And we know that, oh God, I should be doing this thing right now, but I'm not. And then it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then boom, like that bomb goes off, right? And you just, you, you go through that so many times. And if you don't deal with it and change your behavior, you know what's coming. And after a while, you just sort of sink and you're like, oh. We all know how that works. I think that that's one of the reasons why when I react like this publicly and I say, hey, Empathy, empathy is the, not the answer here. Go deal with your shit. Okay, your behavior needs to change. 
And you need to see somebody who can help you do that. When I say that, it makes people uncomfortable because they themselves know that they're not perfect. And they want to think that, oh, well, if I say live and let live, then hopefully they'll get off my back, too. I mean, look, we're none of us, none of us are perfect, but when our behavior <laughs> results in us having this cloud follow us around all the time, we need to look at what we're doing. We just have to. We have to. Pills, pills are not going to fix that on their own. And having other people adjust what they do, you can't, I mean, you can, you can ask the people in your immediate sphere maybe to like, hey, you know, I'm having some trouble with X, Y, and Z. Would you guys mind just, you know, but at least in that case, you're dealing with it, right? You're dealing with one of your concerns. So I guess that doesn't even qualify, but telling the, telling the media at the French open, like, oh, I'm not going to talk to him. Because that causes me stress. A, why does that cause you stress? Just dealing with inane questions causes you stress? I mean, that tells me that there's actually probably another underlying reason as to why that is, is a challenge, an insurmountable challenge for you. But now you're saying, I'll just close that off. Okay, where does that end? Again, as I said before, you know, first you can start by, you know, not paying your bills up. Oh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get a job. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Um, and I'm just going to lay in bed all day. I mean, watch as the cyclone around you forms as you're trying to do that. Like you think you can avoid and avoid and avoid and avoid. It's not going to work. It's, it's just not. Just one example. She's a 23-year-old tennis player, and I can only imagine how many adult paychecks she's responsible for and livelihood can depend on. It ain't all roses, sweetheart, and you're an asshole for this. This is somebody talking to me who just basically made my point. She's responsible for other people. And because she had to withdraw because of her own mistakes, now she's screwed everybody else up. And again, like the, the look, as I said, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I have endless experience with this particular issue. And it's not that I know what will work, but I know what won't work. I know that indisputably. So to say, well, Tom, what worked for you may not work for everybody else. Okay. well, again, show me the person who benefited and who came out of their depression because of your empathy, because you decided to do nothing because they didn't change anything. Show me that person. And then you got the defenders on here saying, oh, well, should athletes really have to meet the media? Look, I couldn't care less if the if athletes meet the media. They they're inane questions and inane and even more inane answers. But that's not what this is about. This is this is about a young person who is being encouraged 
who, who may or may who may have mental health issues, who is being encouraged to try to control everything through avoidance. I mean, talk about a toxic mixture. I mean, it's funny, like nobody actually, you know, people, oh, you're a sports guy. Oh, you're not empathetic. You're an asshole. Nobody can actually make an argument as to why what I'm saying is incorrect. Craig, okay, I think I saw this too, because I think Mitch uh, Levy actually tweeted it out. Craig, you said um, there was an interview with her a few years ago in front of reporters that she admitted she wasn't in a good place. This is the end of her trying to manage it and hopefully seeking help with it. Well, how's that going? If If this has been going on for a few years and you're still in a position right now where you can't even face the media asking you, hey, how'd the tennis match go? How's, then how's your depression going? That doesn't really sound like a ton of progress to me. That sounds like you're, you're tiptoeing through the minefield of life, just hoping that you don't step on one. And here she has. You seem very sure of your opinions. Empathy, my friend. Again, empathy. Pri- let me ask you, but prior to like 2015, 16, did you guys hear that word empathy thrown around at this rate? I mean, I sent out what, I don't know, six tweets in the last couple of days. I had this word empathy thrown back at me, just me, like four or five times. I mean, I can only imagine how many other times it's been thrown at everybody else. Empathy? What? They're, people are just repeating what they're but they hear other people say. That's all that is. If you start just repeating the, the, the platitudes and the banalities that everybody else is just saying, I mean, I feel sorry for you. I feel that means you don't even know what the hell you're saying. Why is Tom so frustrated? Well, I'm frustrated that I'm frustrated that when somebody is actually in trouble, the answer to dealing or to helping that person seems to be for the the parties that are not in trouble to make to make sure however they act is in such a way so as not to hurt that person's feelings. You're not going to hurt their feelings. Believe me. Depressed people, okay, people who who think that there's like no answer and no way out of their misery, they are starved, starved for somebody to come in and help them for real and not tell them that what they're doing is okay. That's the last thing they want. I saw therapist after therapist after therapist who who tried to sell me that crap. And I was miserable. Oh, my God. I lost. so. I'm lucky I'm not dead right now, quite frankly. The only thing that prevented that outcome was me suddenly realizing, oh, my God, I really need to change my behavior and my thinking before I can even consider going on. And I did. 
but I'm lucky. And you got to do you got to do a little bit of work. Nobody, nobody wants to do that. But least of all me, I, I hate homework. I don't want to do it. I don't blame you. But you have basically one option. Do the work or don't. Um, there are people who depend on her for a paycheck. Do they really have her best interest in mind? I, I don't know. I mean, I said that earlier. I mean, if they're... If they're the ones advi- advising her to not meet her responsibilities and to only deal with the things that she wants to, that's horrible advice. Whether they have their best, whether they have her best interest in mind, or they're just trying to protect their own paycheck, Craig. I mean, that, that's a good question. It- I just feel like it comes down to this very simple issue of like permissiveness. Some people seem to think everything is anything and everything is okay. Every mode of behavior, you can be anything you want, you can say anything you want. Except. Hurt somebody's feelings. So even if the truth does that, the truth being in this case, you need to change your behavior and not think you can control everything. People stop short of actually saying that because they don't want to hurt her feelings. Like, Like there's some cardinal law that says you can't do that. Well, guess what? Sometimes judging people, by the way, something we all do, like any, if somebody ever tells you, oh, I don't judge, I'm not a judgmental person, bullshit, you are, you judge every second of every day, every time you look at something, you're judging it. And sometimes judging people or being judged by others, sometimes that helps. Sometimes it actually helps. This, oh, well, it's none of my business. I mean, I'm, I'm not in, in Naomi Saka's inner circle, but I've had depressed people in my inner circle before. And the last thing I'm going to tell them is that, hey, well, you just keep on doing what you're doing. You do you. If I if I see that their behavior is what's causing their depression. And then something, God forbid, happened to them down the line. And I was in a position to actually help them. I don't know that I'd be able to forgive myself. Yes, Craig. People who love others are horrible telling the telling people the truth. They're afraid of losing that person's love if they tell them the truth. Great. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it isn't hard. But we've gone beyond that now where 
now you get blowback from other people if you try to if you try to be honest and try to actually help. It's not just the person you're trying to helping. You're trying to help that you have to worry about. It's everybody else. It's almost like because you, me in this case, have the guts to actually be honest and tell the truth, that makes them feel weak and ineffective or ineffectual. And so they come at me. They know, they know. They know that telling the truth and, and judging somebody and telling them you've got to change X, Y, and Z about yourself. We all know this is right. When somebody judges us, and, and when somebody calls us out, I should say, and they're right and we get defensive about it. I mean, I get def- I'm not saying I don't. I do. Absolutely. I get defensive. But when somebody calls me out and they brought up a good point, I, we all know when they're right. We all know it, it's clear as day. Tom, have you, have, you, have you done this lately? Have you done this lately? Uh, no. Why are you asking me about that? Stop bothering me about it. But I know. I know I'm wrong. I know that I haven't, you know, tended to whatever responsibilities I'm talking about. We all we know when people call us out and they're right. And that's when we should listen. Instead of get defensive and say, oh, you empathy, empathy. You should be empathetic. <sighs> what? Yeah, when depressed people don't get help, it leads to the worst possible outcome, which is exactly what I was talking about. I mean, hmm. you know, I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'll be 42 this uh, this summer, and you know, I, it took me all this time—not not only 42 years—I mean, I've been I've been in pretty good mental shape for a, a long time now, um, <laughs> but. You know, I look at this young person, she's 23, and I just hope to God that she doesn't have to suffer for the next, I don't know, 12 years just because people told her that what she was doing was was good or the right way to deal with her depression. Oh, yeah, just avoid everything. Just avoid people who stress you out. Uh... No, don't, don't do that. The world is full of triggers and stressors and all kinds of awful stuff. You're going to encounter this. You need to be equipped with the tools to be able to deal with it. The fact that you don't have those tools is what's causing this in the first place. Hawkscast. Help comes in a lot of different forms. Sometimes it's brutal honesty. Sometimes it's acknowledging that some people need support in other ways. Okay. Okay. Hold on. When I say honesty, I don't mean that it means taking my finger and pointing it at the person. Like, and this, because this is not about blame. Okay. And, Honesty can come in a million different forms for that matter. But what else you say uh, support can come in other ways? What other than honesty? Like if we're going to leave that out, what what else? What else? What what form would that come in? Uh, 
No, I get you. You say it, your comment is in general, not specific to us. I, I understand. I, I'm with you. But if we're going to take honesty out of it and have this other, this some other mode of support or method, what, what would that be? For her, she needed better tools to handle that stress. Well, yeah, I agree. But avoidance is not one. Avoidance is not a tool. Avoidance is not a tool because you never know what you're going to encounter. Okay, I mean, look, if there's a person, um, (laughs) I don't know, that I'm coming into contact with all the time who just stresses me out, you could maybe avoid that one person. Maybe. Sometimes. But when when we're talking about just life itself and, and and a general sense of responsibility, things we have to do, obligations we have to meet, you can't we can't pick and choose those things. And, and, and if and if you think that all of a sudden her her mental health is going to um, is going to be, I guess, better in some way by avoiding the media. No, it's it's, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse because what we've told her, what we've taught her is, OK, you can just avoid whatever you want. And eventually, she's not going to be able to do that. And guess what? I would say that this is a good example of that because she caused a firestorm and had to withdraw from the thing. I agree. Avoidance is not the best tool, but if that's the only tool you have, you're going to go back to it. (laughs) Well, right. But here's the thing. The idea that avoidance is one's only tool, that's um, that's part of the depression, right? Because you think, oh, my God, I don't have any answers. I I don't know what I'm going to do. I I don't know what to do other than just uh, avoid and, you know, pull the shades down and be in bed. That's part of being depressed. That's what tells me that right now. She's not any better than she was a few years ago. If she's still at a point where she can't even face the media and the high, how'd the match go questions. I mean, God, I, 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 I'm really, I'm honest to God, like worried for her. If that is a situation that is so unpleasant that she can't even bear to sit there. And remember, this is this is a a person who is so talented and competitive. Like when we're talking about professional athletes, this is competition of the highest order. This isn't even like just in America, right? This is worldwide. She can go out there and play tennis in front of you know millions of people, and then she has to sit down. <laughs> I don't, I just, I don't understand that. I don't. Look, if she, if she's in such a bad place that maybe she, look, sometimes everybody needs a vacation, right? Maybe she needs to, you know, just step away from tennis or, or get better. I'd be like, sure. Take all the time you need. But if your goal is to still function in the world and not live like, you know, Yoda, eventually you have to face the things that you find to be difficult and deal with them so that you can be strong. 
believe me, doing that work, I mean, again, it's like people look at it like you're assigning homework or something like, oh, who are you to say what they should? Well, first of all, who am I? I mean, I'm a person who's overcome a lot of this. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if anybody's depressed or prone to that. I don't know that you ever a hundred percent overcome this, but you can get a heck of a lot better at it. I'll put myself in that category. It's funny how a person who's actually overcome it for the most part, that person's opinion should be thrown away because it's not empathetic. Because it involves, that person says it involves work. Well, guess what, guess what else happens? Like, in addition to the fact that maybe you're not depressed anymore, you learn, the, the, like, the journey from, from here to here, what you learn about yourself and about the world and about behavior and about different mental states and just views, you can learn so much. It, it, is, it is one of the most beautiful journeys anybody can take. It is wonderful. It is a wonderful, wonderful experience. And, and all these empathy mongers want to prevent you from, from being able to go through that. I mean, just freaking shame on them. Shame on them. You're doing fine. Uh, in your hexcast, these are good questions, by the way. I appreciate them. Let's see. In your experience, have you ever interacted with someone who you uh, who you knew was struggling while being interviewed that you needed to make a decision on whether or not to keep going or cut things short? Okay, fantastic question. Let me think for a second. Let me answer it this way. I think. If you're talking about like the interviews I, I've done, say, like in person with the Seahawks, I mean, that would be or I guess Mariners, too. That, that would be some example of this. Right. <laughs> I think I can feel and I think even my my former co-hosts, I think they would agree with this. I can usually sense as soon as the person sits down what their disposition is. And it's never my goal, by the way, to like go on the attack. I mean, you guys have heard those interviews we used to do on the huddle, right? I mean, it's pretty light stuff. We don't get, we're not getting into anything particularly hard. But if I do sense that the person is like um, a little nervous or whatever, I'll do my best to make them comfortable. Absolutely. And, and, and I won't ask like the hard question, the earth shattering question, if I don't think that a, it's appropriate, or B, I'm going to get any kind of good answer, or do you, I'll, I'll just give you one name, okay? Do you remember Drew Nowak? He was he was a backup center in maybe 2016, 17, something like that. He came into an interview. It was just Bob and I. Graz wasn't there that day. It was just Bob and I, and he sat down, and I swear to you, I mean, this guy's massive. He's a center. And I know Bob would agree with this, because right, we've talked about it, but he came in, he, I swear he was the most, like, agitated, nervous human being I had ever seen. And I don't know if it had to do with the interview, or something had just happened, or something was about to happen. I, who, who knows? I, I don't know. But I, I just wanted to hug him. Like, because as the interviewer, as the interlocutor of conversation... I can't, I'm not in a position to like, to cure him 
of his nerves, right? But I don't necessarily want to make it worse either. But if I were somebody like his coach, like his offensive line coach, or somebody who was better acquainted with his situation, like let's say this were an ongoing thing, and I, I, again, I don't, it could have just been that one time, I don't know. I would feel like I have to step in because A, it's hurting, something's hurting him, B, it's, it's hurting the team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, if I were close enough, I would feel like, yeah, I should say something. But just as an interviewer, would I back off if I felt like somebody was about to go to pieces? Yes, I would. I would. And maybe not, maybe, um, you know, maybe Skip Payless or who, I don't know. Somebody, maybe not everybody would agree with that. But believe it or not, as much of an asshole as everybody thinks I am, I do have a lot of compassion, okay, in me. And it's not my, it's not my objective in life to make people feel bad. But if making somebody feel bad for like the next 20 minutes is going to help turn around and or help them turn around so that they can lead a better life, I'll take that trade off every time, every time, as opposed to just, you know, say, oh, OK, well, no, you're good. Everything you're doing is fine. And no, I, I love who you are. I love that you don't, you know, pay your bills and you never get out of bed. You don't really try. You know, you're lonely as hell, but you don't try to meet anybody. I mean, that, that's good. Just keep on keep on doing what you're doing. I will I will not do that. I will not do that because I know from personal experience how that behavior or, or, or excuse me, what the consequences of that behavior are. OK, in me and people that I've seen or people that I've known, I should say, I won't do it. Um. Is that maybe the difference? <laughs> you got all the questions. Now it's like you're interviewing me. Uh, is this maybe the difference if most of your experience welcoming people to the flagship radio station versus the national media? Um, it could be for some people that the, you're right. Like the, the, to, who you represent as media probably makes a difference in the way you treat your, the, the interview subject. But all I'll say is, having done it for a long time, in that setting, that's how I learn to treat people. And so that's, or treat people as an interviewer. So that's what I'm going to keep on doing. So even, even if, uh, you know, Fox Sports hired me tomorrow as a national reporter, one who doesn't have to care about an athlete's feelings, it's the person I am to treat them with respect. Now, if I'm interviewing, um, who would be a good example? Tony Larusa, maybe like about the that controversy last week about the kids swinging on three and I'm not going to not ask him about it if that's my job. See, sometimes there's there's like that critical topic that needs to be addressed, but you can still do it in a way so as to not go on the attack with it, you know? I guess that's what I'm getting at. And if, it, again, like all these responses you get, like if, if you think that this is about whether or not um, athletes should, should meet the media, 
we can have that discussion, right? Like, what what do media interactions in in the locker room, clubhouse versus the podium or the studio, like on field, right? There's all kinds of different uh, scenarios or, or setups for that. We can go through and we can have that conversation, but that is not the topic here, or at least that's not the that's not the the um, the aspect of it that I'm addressing. I'm talking about a young person who has been enabled to think she can control every outcome of every experience in her life. Eh, can't do it. Can not do that. And when I say cannot, I don't mean you shouldn't. I mean, you actually can't. Unpleasantness and conflict will find you eventually, and you better damn well be equipped with the tools to deal with it. And again, she's young. I didn't know this at 23. It took me until I was about, what, 34, 35 to figure, to figure this out. But if she has people around her who are advising her to keep on doing this, keep on doing what you're doing. Fine. Mm. And she and her and her mental health doesn't. I mean, that should be the biggest. The one thing I don't understand about. OK, let me let me finish that thought first. <laughs> if she doesn't get better and they keep advising her to do this, this stuff to act like she's just, you know, keep. You be you, then shame on them. Shame on them. Here's what I don't understand in, just in general, okay? Because this is now the culture, right? It's permissive, permissiveness. Everybody do anything they want. If things like depression rates, suicide rates, um, rate of prescri- uh, prescribed medication, if all of those things keep going up, 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 then why, why is, why don't we change our behavior? I mean, clearly the results of this, you do you, you're doing fine. The results are not good. Why can't we recognize that? It's like the more the more we medicate, the more we tell depressed people or the more we. What would, what's the opposite of to equip to like de-equip the more we the more we rob, especially young people, these we rob young people of the tools to deal with the difficulties of life, the more problems we run into later. You know, I mean, again, people laugh because it's become so common as a criticism. But like the, the everybody gets a trophy generation. Like I, I, I just missed that. Thank God. But when you don't teach young kids that they're not always going to win and not everything they do is OK. Then when life suddenly hits them, they have no idea how to deal with it. I, I, I feel so terrible for them. I really do. This is a completely different scenario than an athlete not willing to speak to the media because they have a beef with the media and not because they're avoiding a bigger problem, i.e. depression. What is, Craig? I don't think... Th- 
imagine the pressure she is under. It's it's been all about tennis and the mentality of what it takes to be professional. Herself has been dismissed. Okay, okay, fair enough. You, you, that's a, that's an interesting sort of existential way to look at it. Like herself, she may not even have a self, right? We're just speculating. Forget about her. Let's say ex-athlete, right? At a young age is taught nothing but this one thing, whether it's, you know, tennis or football or chemistry. Like all you you have to do is this one thing. Like you're right. Their self almost gets robbed. That's true. But here's the thing, Craig. Not every athlete deals with this. If this were like... uh, if no athlete could face the media, then I'd be like, all right, well, there's a certain, there's a problem here with the, with this interaction. Something's wrong, but it's like one out of every, I don't know, a hundred, maybe a thousand athletes that can't do this. Okay. That tells me that the problem is on her or her upbringing or something. But either way, even if even if she's not to blame, she's the only person who's going to be able to get herself out of it. That's the unfortunate truth. Like, however, however crappy your situation is, whether it was your doing or somebody else like railroaded you or you were born into a a, a squalor. Unfortunately, the only way, the only permanent way out of it is for you to work your way out of it. And that sucks. It's, a, it's an awful reality. It's terrible. But you, you can't expect other people to just like move around for you just because your life sucks. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? Her life is terrible. We're not going to let's not invite her out. We don't want to want to stress her out. That's not how it works, and that's not how you would want it. I mean, face it, that's not how you would want it. I guess I'll close it. This is kind of an all-over-the-place show, and I'm sorry. Obviously, I mean, a lot of emotion involved, but... This is such... I mean, this is such a big problem... This isn't, this isn't even about Naomi Osaka or athletes or anything like that. This is, this is about all of us and our place in the situation. And if, uh, uh, God, if you think like it, enabling somebody to continue their behavior, one, and then two, vilifying other people for trying to be honest and, he- and really help somebody, then. F- I mean, I've said sh- it's, it's something worse than that. Like, you're se- I mean, you're selfish if you're doing that. You're being you're a selfish. You're just selfish if you because really all you care about is how you look. Yeah, it's it's hard to be honest with people. It is, and you know what? If they're just like you know struggling a little bit, or they're they're kind of a pain in the ass at work, they maybe just don't bother. Say, yeah, you know, just. But if somebody is really in a in a pit of hell. And they can't get out. And you keep on telling them, yeah, keep doing it. And you try to stop somebody else from being honest. 
getting out of it, Greg says, is a solo journey. It takes a lot of personal work and vulnerability. Yeah. 1,000%, buddy. 1,000%. And, and as I say, sometimes you never really fully get out of it. Like, it's, it's always right there, ready to take over. It, takes, it does take a lot of work. As our guy Jerkstore was saying up there, like, let me read his exact... Uh, Oh, I'm re yeah, I'm a recovering alcoholic and I work to stay to stay sober every day. You have to. I mean, hopefully you can get to a point where you're at least comfortable in your own skin. But, you know, a somebody on, on, on Twitter was coming at me like, oh, this, when you're when you're depressed, you got to eliminate your triggers, eliminate your triggers. It's like so if jerk store here is out at a restaurant having dinner and you see somebody, you know, drinking beer or, or whatever. And that triggers him. Does that mean he can't go to restaurants anymore? Or that we should disallow everybody from ordering booze when he comes in? No, it's, that's not what it's about. You do some work, some personal work. You take stock of what you are, where you've been, and you try to regain strength that way so that you can tolerate and deal with that situation when it, when it arises. Do I think sports as a whole does enough to equip young athletes to handle this? Um, I don't know that they do or don't. Hawks cast, but here's and again, we're talking when we're talking about athletes, we're talking about young people. So it's like they're they're put in these extraordinary situations at a very young age. So I don't expect like every word that comes out of their mouth to be perfection. But if you're asking about equip them to handle this, I don't know that they can. I mean, I suppose if they haven't, if, if an athlete hasn't been equipped already, <laughs> again, it's work you have to do yourself. It, it really, I, that's all I can say. I mean, it, it, I didn't really want to go in this direction, but it's funny how like whenever we identify like some kind of societal problem, there's a certain group of people that always point to the government saying like, hey, government, don't you see this as a problem? You got to go fix this. When really the answer to it is not intervention from this other agency or this other entity. The answer is right here. I mean, I can't expect that anybody's going to solve my uh, <laughs> or jerk stores, uh, alcoholism or my depression or whatever. Like, I, it just it doesn't work that way. But in fairness to your question, Hawks cast, like it, it, if say there's a Seahawk player, right, he gets drafted. Now he's under Pete Carroll and Pete realizes, OK, well, this kid, he's got all the all the uh, the ability in the world, but he's, he's mentally, he's a mess. Like, should we do something? My answer would be yes. <laughs> 
But at the end of the day, the only thing that's actually going to work is if that person does the work. That's really all. I mean, there's nothing that anybody can do short of like lobotomizing them that is going to like cure this problem. Kevin Love. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Kevin Love brought it up a few years ago. And again, one, one other thing. I, this is very important. Because I said, somebody said before, like, oh, there's no way I could understand what she's going through. Like, and so I said, well, I guess why won't she just switch places with me? Money and wealth and class does not determine whether or not somebody is depressed. Okay, so I'm saying whether you're poor <laughs> or you're um, or you're rich. I think whether or not you are equipped with the tools to handle any kind of adversity in the world is what will prevent you from. That's just my opinion. That's what's going to prevent you from falling into a pit of hell. Now, if you're rich, you can probably afford more shrinks, more medication. You can probably you, you end up probably with more people around you that are going to like, yes, men, right? Like, that are going to tell you, oh, well, what you're doing is fine. Because like somebody on the chat suggested here, um, their paychecks may be at stake. So which actually endangers that person even more. So. <laughs> But there's all kinds of adverse. I mean, look, we are, we're all going to go through something terrible. And sometimes it's not it's not like a one thing. It's terrible. Sometimes it's just our habits. We have bad habits, self-destructive streaks, you know, that lead to these awful situations. That's just what happens. I count, you know, I'm the first to raise my hand. I really am. I just don't want to see anybody else go through that. I don't, especially when, like, again, I mean, here's where I'll agree with the, you know, the live and let live types. Like, ultimately, it is everybody's own journey and they have to do the work, but they have to get they have to get to the point where they do the work and getting there from where they are and laying in the bed. That is the point which is sometimes impossible to get out of on your own, where somebody might need a little bit of nudging. I mean, jerk store, you know, you see it, you, uh, you stay sober. I'm assuming you've been to AA groups. <clears throat> I mean, how many, how many AA groups or uh, meetings have you been to where you sat there and somebody else from the group brought in somebody like a newbie for the first time? who was struggling and just needed to kind of see what was going on at those meetings. Okay, I saw that 1,000 times. And every time, like, I would always think, okay, is this person going to, like, is this person going to make it? Because my heart would, like, break for them as I heard their story being told. And I just wanted to, like, hug them and tell them that I would do anything to, to help them on. But you, you can't help everybody all the way. You just can't. You were one of them. Yeah, I guess we all were. 
There's compassion. And there's selfishness disguised as compassion. And I've seen enough of the latter where I felt like tonight's show was necessary. Be well, my friends. Take care of one another, but uh, I think more than that. Take care of yourselves. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.